0: This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news,
1: data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Emre Bilgich, Senior Sales Manager at Mobile Action. Emre, welcome to the Business of podcast.
0: Hey, hi, Art. Very nice to be here. I'm quite very looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I've been following the podcast quite very closely in the past couple of years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite very excited to be a part of it.
1: Great. That's terrific to have you on. All right. <clears throat> if you're a net marketer, One of the ways you can slice the app marketing pie is to cut it on paid and free parts. Of course, when you think about the free part, the app store optimization comes to mind. To be fair, it's not entirely free, but the idea is that you don't pay for all app installs you get with ASL techniques. Mm -hmm. When your mind wanders to the paid part, chances are that paid ads with Apple search ads will pop up in your mind. Now the question is, can both ASO and ASA work together? Perhaps you, like me, saw this question being raised online before, but I do want to hear what Emre has to say about it. But first, let's kick off this conversation talking about you, Emre, and tell us about yourself, your background.
0: Yeah, um, so basically, I've been in mobile action for the past two years. I've been um, on and off in different customer success and account management jobs in the past as well. Um, Very recently, I'm doing the senior sales engineer position, where I handle new clients and onboarding clients, understanding problems, issues, onboarding them both to utilize ASO as effectively as possible, alongside Apple searches as much as possible, too. Um, you know, identify the issues that they might be having. And that's what I'm basically doing at this point. I've been in the election for the past two years, but I have been doing pretty much ASO uh, for about four years at this point um, as well. So I've been in the market as well. I had a small app at one point that I was trying to do my own uh, thing. Um, but yeah, right now I'm, I'm pretty much invested all of my time in the optimization side and the marketing side
1: of things. Was it like a hobby business or both?
0: It was more of a hobby. Um, I really like, you know, testing out and cooking, you know, new types of food um, as much as possible. So it was a food recipe app that, you know, my uncle actually went ahead and developed and it wasn't available for iOS and was only for Turkey. Um, so, yeah, at that point, that was the first time that I got introduced with, oh, okay, so there's something called ASO. Oh, okay, it's mm-hmm. SEO, actually, for uh-huh. specifically. And that's how I got my foot into the, the field specifically as well. Um, but yeah, that has been about like four years ago. So here I am right now.
1: The app industry is vast. To navigate this space, you need a directory to look up suppliers and partners. And you need to know who are the best. Visit our marketplace directory at businessofapps.com marketplace slash podcast. And now back to the show oh nice that's a nice introduction to what is aso just you know having first-hand experience having your own app now um what is mobile action today what do you guys do
0: right so what mobile action does is twofold number one we have a campaign management platform for apple search ads called search ads.com. very convenient name as you might imagine yeah and we also have the mobile action side which is a Data intelligence solution where we focus on providing as much extensive data to our clients as possible, both on the AOS side. Very recently, on market intelligence in terms of download estimations, revenue estimations, and such, as well as creative intelligence through our ad intelligence tool, um, and also some SDK intelligence as well. So, anything that a marketer might need in terms of data points to make their decisions accordingly, which countries to you know publish their app in, and where to expand upon. Um, and also handle their entire Apple Search operations, as well as some other pay channels intelligence. We go ahead and provide every single step along the way. Uh, when it comes to in terms of you know data and campaign management,
1: have you guys get your hands on ChatGPT already? Well, I mean, there are some
0: thoughts about it. I mean,
1: we're using no, it quite extensively. No, no, in the no secrets revealed, just in generic generic terms,
0: right? um yeah like we're definitely using it in the office in terms of like in, in incorporating into our day-to-day workflow we're doing it you know both on the ASOS side of things you know one of the things that i like to do myself is for the google site testing out descriptions um as well and formulating new ones that are going to have a frequency of this particular keyword this many times and stuff like that so i'm using that quite very extensively tool wise there's a couple of ideas along the way um mm-hmm. but there's quite very exciting stuff that are hopefully going to be incorporating in is pretty much the craze right now with people and utilizing it. So yeah, definitely we're going to be on board with it with a technology development company.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty exciting. That's like uh, more or less reliving the moment when the internet was introduced, but not, not many people remember that moment and it was really different, but kind of a, you know, on par in terms of a scale of the impact of the, you know, entire economy. So many businesses around the globe. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay, before talking about the synergy between um, Apple Search Ads and App Store optimization, let's give people kind of a sketch. What is Apple Search Ads, and why it's so popular today? Because last time I checked the dashboard of Apple Search Ads, it was several years ago. Like my um, like um, my knowledge of how how it works right now, how convenient it is. uh, What are the um, like? Is it one part of your expectation how the Apple product or service should look like?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right now for the native Dashboard side, of course there's some limitations. That's why we have the campaign management platform side. But in terms of a paid channel, um, you know, it's pretty much for the iOS side user acquisition. There's a lot of limitations through other channels in terms of data collection and such, which Apple searches comes into play by basically being able to you know, collect significantly more data, significantly more specific data points as well, all the way down to the keyword level. So we know all of that. And actually, very recently, Singular's ROI index report did show that for iOS user acquisition, Apple Search is now the second biggest channel. And I can only assume that with time that Apple's ad products, along with Apple Search and some others I might want to come up with in the future, is pretty much going to replace and be the top dog for iOS user acquisition. Pretty much certain about that at this point. Um, But yeah, it's been developing quite very quickly. New ad placement came along, you know, some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today as well, I hope um yeah we we're seeing that the the, the channel is expanding quite very rapidly too um it's answering some of the needs and there's still a long way for progress until it reaches the conventional means of like what google Unmeted did like 10 years ago or like 20 years ago at this point maybe um for for you know reaching that particular scale but yeah certainly it's it's uh it's a definitely a channel that everyone should start to seriously invest in if they haven't already and if they have been quite very you know um Minuscule in their, you know, uh, Apple searches activities, it's a good time to actually tar- start to take it serious and have some dedicated people trying to learn the ins and outs of it.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Emre, because um, right now it's a very significant major channel to drive the Apple installs for your iOS app, but it started mm-hmm. with, like Apple's um, initiative to help uh, iOS developers to monetize their apps better back in the day, and it was kind of a minor on the whole landscape of uh, tools you had at that point to drive open sales. But right now it's major player. It's like top tier. So you have to pay really close attention and start using for your uh, app um, user ac- acquisition campaign. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. turning to the second part of our equation too as uh, so, I assume your audience should have pretty good grasp on what it is, but. Just for the sake of uh, showing uh, how these both parts work together, ISO and ASA, let's briefly introduce Apple's App Store optimization as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to be more specific about, since we're going to be talking about Apple Store testing as well for iOS related ASO stuff. So, yeah. very, very simply, what does ASO conclude of? You know, the creative test that you might have, the screenshots that you have, the promotional video that you might have, the icon that you have the title, subtitle, and App Store Connect keywords that you might have, uh, which have limitations of 30 characters for the title, 30 characters for the subtitle, 100 characters for the App Store Connect keywords, all that combined by optimizing that entire stuff with whatever the person is able to see, the potential user is able to see on the App Store, anything that you could change there is basically what we could be considering App Store optimization.
1: So you yeah, using the entire app marketing copy of your app you are uh, increasing the visibility of the app on the app store. And the part number two is that you're driving the conversion. You make sure that people not yeah. only checking out your app on the store, they're actually downloading the app, like both yes, parts because exactly. It used to be like the whole shift was only just on um, increasing the um, visibility of the app. But right now it's absolutely essential to make sure that you're not only driving people to the app store, but actually making sure that they get your app on their phone. Now um, let's talk about the keyword ranking on the app store and now how algorithm works specifically, what piece of data Apple uses to determine the app's relevancy to a particular keyword?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, there's quite a lot of different variables attached to it, but the three main things that I'm seeing um, that are affecting keyword rankings very, very strongly are number one, the tap-through rate that that particular keyword might have with the particular you know product page that you have, the conversion rates, as we just you know, talked about you know getting the insult and also the daily download velocity that you have. Not in terms of number of downloads that you're getting by right, your volume that maybe you've got in a history of 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. But also the daily increase and in changes, um, the velocity basically, of the downloads that you're getting. These three major components are the major effectors when it comes to determining the keyword's rank. There's other stuff attached to it as well, like the ratings and reviews. There's a lot of you know, relation to it in terms of if you have a good rating for your app, it's affecting your conversion overall, um, et cetera. But you know, in terms of indexing algorithm affecting numbers, not necessarily user behavior, um, all the time it's these three main components that are gonna be affecting it quite very strongly
1: yeah um I always was fascinating uh, how the whole web optimization will be evolving over the years because initially the number of um leverages uh, which Apple could actually use to rank the app was um limited and to this day we're not seeing that the you know uh, uh, the whole uh, app marketing copy for the app be- became a huge mm-hmm. one. you're still dealing with the you know limited set of um attributes we can i don't want to say tweak but optimize uh to mm-hmm. elevate your app above your competitors on the app store but still uh using this um long term data for your app uh like the the i think the longer your app on the app store the better chances that it if it performs well if if you're getting your users on a certain speed they're downloading your app and, um, mm-hmm. this is, this is one of the factors that helps you to elevate uh, your app higher. So this is like, um, mm-hmm. your, the previous performance of your app becomes important over time. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely. You know, there has been really, really popular apps back in the day. That was you know, very evident. Everyone had them on the phone. If you remember back in the days when iPhone first came out, there was a very yeah. simple app where you had like, uh, your screen was like a beer. And when you like scaled it, it would actually empty it out, and everyone had such a cool thing, and you know, everyone was doing it right now. It's going to be very, you know, limited of the amount of people that you're going to see that app and who was actually looking for that app as well, right? So, um, that's that's basically what I mean about the daily download. But there's some other apps out there that have been able to maintain that snowball effect that we are actually talking about here. For example, Subway Surfers, right? One of the most popular games that ever existed, and they're yeah. still very popular. Crush, again, similar case, right? So the popularity with the brand and with the app itself, as long as that continues, the snowball continues to roll down the hill, right? And it grows and grows and grows. Was, you know, great result in achieving you know, the top pinnacle performance when it comes to app performance, both in terms of installs and revenue and everything. So that is, yeah, quite very evident. I, I agree with that 100%. Tide has a really strong effect, but just, you know, something worked ten years ago it doesn't mean it's going to work now. And you know, what is going on right now is going to be more deterministic when it comes to, it, especially organic toward ranking.
1: Yeah, and since we mentioned ChatGPT at the beginning of the conversation, my senses are Apple or. Are- Looking very closely what ShedGPT is and probably working on its own version of the AI algorithm. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, deeply hidden, like, you know, with every um, new product or service that Apple Apple is cooking up secretly. So we'll see what's going to happen in a few months, next few months or a couple Mm -hmm. of years. What will be the Apple's um, answer on the, you know, what we've seen from the Microsoft, what we've seen from Google. Meta that released the product, you know, uh, on a limited scale, not openly, but you know, for the academic research. But still, you know, all major players are in. So obviously, Apple is not just mm-hmm. sitting around and doing nothing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like one of the things that they have been actually talking about is like creating up with their own search engine, right? As well, that's that was yeah. something that is yeah. on the talks with Apple specifically. And now we're seeing that ChatGPT, ChatGPT is putting in plugins for certain applications in the web as well, right? So imagine that, a search engine that is very dominant with AI and is something in a similar way, that also has plugins with apps. Um, that's a whole new field, <laughs> right? Exactly. So like, I'm absolutely certain Apple is thinking about that. <laughs> and that's an idea that they have in their mind to see how they could develop something like that as well. But I'm, I'm really expecting a lot of things to come out from Apple, especially in the upcoming years, that's probably going to be shaking the industry, um, hopefully in a more positive way. Um, when it comes to ad marketers, after the IDF crunch, right? I mean, that was right. that was also like groundbreaking, and it was like really interesting, but it wasn't, you know, very well received by marketers all that much, losing all of the data points. But yeah, in terms of, you know, okay, we take that away from you now, yes. But here are the next big things that we're going to be bringing out. And I think that is going to be covering everything that we had about, you know, all of the negativity that surrounded the IEFA situation, and then we stand more of the user perspective and the privacy settings, and make our way through it, and with the new products that they're going to be producing. I'm I'm really excited to see what they're going to be coming out.
1: Exactly, Amory. Right. And uh, for people who are you know paying close attention to what Apple is doing, I think they, I don't want to do attention, but it is attention. Um, when you see who are being hired by Apple. You may get a chance. What they are mm-hmm. thinking? Again, okay. uh, people are not when they're being laid off from Meta, Google, uh, Microsoft. Chances are they're already on the path to you know jump on on their next job, and can, this can be the you know working in the Apple's team for any specific uh, new project there. This is uh, that is being developed at that moment. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. once yeah. they're doing
1: as so for an app. Especially for multiple mm-hmm. apps, every app marketer is looking for ways to speed up her or his work. Otherwise, it's just crazy mm-hmm. trying to, you know, j- uh, navigate a bunch of apps uh, manually. It's it doesn't work. It's just you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to even mention it because it's just uh, b- bunkers. Uh, how Apple Search Ads can help app marketers with this automation, which is speeding up their project, their mm-hmm. work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very simply, how does the logic work in Apple searches? You go ahead, you create your campaign, you create your ad groups, and you add keywords underneath them, right? And the keywords that you're going to be adding underneath those ad groups are going to be the keywords that you know are related to the product that you have, your app, right?
1: Exactly. But the
0: algorithm, especially for a new app that is just publicly published, the algorithm doesn't really know yet, right? They're not really sure what this app is about, who's going to be looking forward for it, you know, let's say if you have an app that is called Arrow, but it's more so about you know financial management, it could very well be the case in the first days that you're going to get rankings for like Arrow game and stuff, right? Because algorithm mm-hmm. doesn't know who you are. They don't associate you with finance activity. So what you do with Apple Search is very simply, very straightforward. The algorithm gathers data from what is that able to provide you. You know, you get initial ranking information from the keywords that you've selected in your metadata. And it starts to collect the data in terms of what you're getting in terms of taps and conversions and who's using your app, are they retaining well, are they making purchases, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of components that the algorithm is ingesting in terms of information. So when you do Apple search ads, it allows you to basically go ahead and say like, hey, these, yes, but also I have these lists of keywords that are related to me. That's what I think. Here are the, you know, a couple of bids that I have for these and I'm willing to pay for it. So you can have additional information. Because the thing is, with the paid um, download that you get from Apple searches or the organic download that you get through the App Store itself, the algorithm doesn't differentiate between those two downloads. It doesn't defer to the download coming from the paid separately to the organic separately when it comes to determining how valuable you are for that keyword and push up in the rankings. It Doesn't really matter for that. Basically allows you to provide additional data points to the algorithm to put you and position you in the exact point that you do want to be and get the most relevant keywords that you're ranking for and generating that traffic. Apple searches basically come into play when you build up the structure in a certain way. You have your own ASO keywords, metadata keywords, you put in the related keywords that you have for your app, you're very certain about um, mm-hmm. in your App Store, um, in your in your Apple searches account. And then you'll just simply see that your organic visibility will start to increase not only on the paid side, but also on the organic side. Why? Because the algorithm now knows you are related. To you. So you get a ranking for that alongside with your paid offers. So it's kind of like a nice synergy that you can create between the two that is affecting speeding that entire error process. In fact, actually, at, um, both in APS Berlin and London very recently, I talked about a case where I was able to do this for one of my clients. Where they had a very new app that they um, published a ranking for around 150, 200 keywords initially with the initial pool. And what I did was a couple of app store optimization, you know, keyword optimization changes, just so I could put it a little bit more relevantly. Once I was confident with the ratios that were happening, I was trying to understand how I could move forward with the Apple search outside. And then from the findings that I had from the keywords that I tested, I basically generated a larger pool of keywords through Apple search ads alongside opening up search match on the aggregate level, which is a technical thing where you let the algorithm basically find related search terms to you um, Mm -hmm. in guidance with what they're able to to see. So what the result was in a month and a half from 200 ranked keywords, they were able to jump up to 2,400, that's in six weeks for a newly published app for a company. That didn't have a very well-known app nobody was really searching for the publisher name by itself it wasn't like you know whatever voodoo curates creates right now as a hyper casual game you're always going to find people that are going to download it without really knowing the name of the app itself it's because it's a voodoo game that they're downloading right that wasn't the case either. so achieving that kind of an immense increase in organic visibility by just investing a certain amount through apple searches to speed up that process is really strong to break that initial you know, stagnation phase for any app that would go through to you know break through and get some traffic in and try to understand what's going on. So yeah, that's that's why it's really really strong. And there's a really strong synergy between the two.
1: So in a way, Apple Search S is kind of a R and D lab for you. You're paying for your research, but you know, come on, many research being made in the projects is paid. You you should be, you know should invest money, yep. but this is a very efficient one, and you know. Yep. You're, you're not guessing. You're not using the data from the Google side. You know, is one of the techniques just kind of extrapolating uh, the um, data people can get from for you know keywords relevance on, on the Google side for the yeah. Apple store. But in this case, you're getting the data directly related to the Apple store because it comes from Apple. It allows you to evaluate your keywords pool. And uh, again, do not guess. It's not about your gut yeah. feeling. You're you're using mm-hmm. the data from the yeah. Apple search ads. Exactly, but, exactly. Yeah. Let's, let's do the, do the reverse uh, how Apple app store optimization can affect the Apple search ads campaign all the way around. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So one of the things that I love to do is I look into the organically ranking terms that an app has before I go into establishing an app research campaign. Why? Again, very simply, I know now when I look at those keyword polls, what the algorithm thinks the app is related to, right? The higher the ranking of a certain keyword that that part of the app has, the algorithm will basically say, okay, they're 100% related to that. They're really good. You know, People who are coming in searching for this term, they're actually converting over and they're installing the app and they're using it. So thus, you have a higher ranking. So that gives me a great idea of keywords that I could target that I would know would work in a, you know, a certain fashion uh, to a certain degree, depending on the volume that is going to be labeled for that keyword that is, um, to establish what I can do with that app side too, right? I have my initial findings. There. And there's a, you know, what I call that is a positive feedback loop, right, um, between the two. I know the algorithm-related keywords, so I target them in Apple searches. Thus, I feed the algorithm more with information, so it finds me more keywords that I'm going to be related to. And I push those into Apple searches again, and I expand that, and I continuously Mm -hmm. continue with that cycle and improve my results, which is possible. So um, that's something that's quite very strong. And on the other side, since I'm doing Apple searches, I don't know organically for which keyword, what my capture rate is, what my conversion rate is, what exactly the number of installs that I'm getting, what exactly is the impression share for the number of impressions I'm seeing. And I can see the share of voice bucket, but I don't know organically speaking what the number of volume that could potentially achieve from that, right? By, by doing Apple searches, now I know exactly what. So now I know for a higher search volume keyword, it might be the case that I'm not really exactly as related as I expected it to be. it's capture rates and conversion rates are lower than a slightly lower search volume keyword. So it gives me a better idea of what to focus on more and what the mm-hmm. actually the people who are searching for my app are looking for.
1: All right. Uh, finally, closing this SEO as a synergy, let's talk about custom product pages. Uh, the tech, if I'm not mistaken, which was introduced by Apple with is 14, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and again, mm-hmm. by now, yeah. after a couple of years, we should have pretty good grasp on how well, how good it works as a system. Cause the original idea yeah. was pretty straightforward. Like how can it not work? I mean, you're giving people custom product pages so they can mm-hmm. uh, customize their page on a given audience uh, to resonate better, to talk the same language with these people. Like they may work mm-hmm. with the influencers, right? So they want to give a specific influencer, a custom product page that it will be useful for him to make the app click with the people who are into the stuff he or she's uh, would like to share with them, right? So, mm-hmm. how do custom product pages are doing these days?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, we've been over at Mobile Action. We've been talking about custom product pages since the beginning, since they have been you know established. Just one small correction because I just agree with it. Um, the user needs to have iOS 15.2 or above to see custom product oh, pages. Uh, one one correction there. Um, I, I just realized that after I said it. Um, but yeah, basically, the, what what the custom product pages basically allows the you know the developer to do or the marketer to do is now you know especially for the Apple Search Ads side. I know the ad groups and I know the keywords I'm going to them. So yes, I do not have a wider range of targeting options in terms of saying like. You know, I don't know exactly if the users that are coming in are between the ages of 18 and 35, if they're male or female, if they're living in this location. You know, if they have these other apps of, of my, um, you know, of my brand in their phone and stuff like, those are all the targeting options. But, you know, what we were used to do with the marketing, right? But the thing that people are missing is I know the keywords, so I know the exact search intent. I'm targeting the search intent that's, some, that's much more stronger than any form of group targeting that we were used to in the past, right? So now I know the search intent specifically. So now I know what people are searching for. Thus, I can customize the visual sets that I have within the app store itself, according to the exact search site. So I'm not guessing what people between the ages of 18 and 35 that are female living in New York are going to be interested in. But now I know specifically what they're searching for and can customize towards that. Um, A great example. That you know, Apple shares when it comes to custom product pages, and you can find it on the um, Apple website is that they have a generic garden app where mm-hmm. one is showing plant delivery and the visuals are about the map and the delivery options and everything, and the other one is gardening tips, which is the visual sets are all about gardening tips specifically. So, what this basically allows for the user side, they know what they're searching for, right? They're yeah. looking for something very specific to answer their needs. Now, if I have the keyword, I'm already giving an ad on that For example, you know, Apple search, that's where you use the custom product pages. It's, mm-hmm. you know, um, through Apple searches and the keywords on the ad group specifically. Now you have the opportunity to basically promote the different value propositions that you have in your product for the different audiences that are going to be interested in it. For example, like a health and fitness app, right? So in certain cases, it might be an ad workout that some might, someone might be looking for. Somebody else would be looking for a, you know, intermittent fasting. Somebody would might be looking for a, you know, healthy diet tracking. Some person might be looking for water tracking option within the app itself. Your app has all of those, but you have three screenshots that you show as default in, you know, in the initial screen when they do the search. So how many things can you fit in those three screenshots at the same exactly. time, right? So this allows you to customize that entire flow. You basically control the person coming in making the search and showing them related visuals that is going to pique their interest for whatever they are searching for, eventually leading them into tapping into the product page itself and then converting over at on both sides at a higher ratio than it was before compared to the default site. Because that's it. It's customized. For example, um, there was a report that was established 71% of customers this you know, across the board in the market, not only for apps, that only 1% of the customers expect personalized offers and marketing for their own needs. So what do I mean by that? Some might argue that, yeah, we have personalized ads on, but the opt-in rate is at 22% only. So that doesn't seem to be the case for apps. But here's the thing. The personalized ad thing is a privacy thing. It's not that that person doesn't want to see ads that are going to relate to them necessarily they just don't want you to know that you know that what they want (laughs) at that point right that's the main reason but the vast majority of the population wants to get related and relatable offers and relatable products to whatever their needs are right so that's what custom product pages come into play and achieve that
1: and we have uh, how many 32 um, custom product pages right
0: up to 35. Up um, to
1: th- so Up to thirty-five. Yeah. This is your landscape of opportunity to customize your page for the app with people to resonate for a specific keyword, which actually gives you an idea what are they looking for, what problem they're solving, what thing what specific mm-hmm. thing they're looking for in your customizing mm-hmm. your page around that notion. Which is which is really yeah. great uh, marketing tool for yeah. a, any iOS marketer. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We are finished the first part of the show, and there's always the second one, a small um, section where I get a chance to ask every guest on the show just a few quick questions. Um, uh, on top of educating people about a specific topic, I do want to let them know who are the people who are coming on the show. All right, here we go. Uh, what smartphone do you have now? Have you been switching between these two giants or just staying one side?
0: I very actually recently um, started to use an iPhone (laughs) two or three tools in the past year. Before that, I was pretty much using um, Android for the time being, you know, Samsung phone and stuff. But yeah, I just switched over to an iPhone like a year ago. I love it so far. Um, I especially love the ecosystem stuff that they have like the connection with MacBook and iPhone and you have a lot of things attached to it probably not thinking about switching back to Android anytime soon.
1: <laughs> got it. So we've got in the show first time somebody who was very recently converted from the one universe to the other. Uh, back to the time before the any smartphone ever existed what was the first mobile phone
0: I had, I had a very legendary phone, the Nokia 3310. That was my first phone. <laughs> the the yeah, brick indeed, phone. <laughs> indeed, the legend.
1: The legend. Um, yeah, imagine you've you've left your iPhone at home these days for whatever reason. What would be the most missing feature for you when you're out?
0: Well, I mean, I kind of connected everything to the phone in terms of communication and just, you know, information gathering as much as possible. So losing out on the opportunity of communicating through WhatsApp, Telegram, email, everything on the go, losing that opportunity is just, it will feel like I lost my arm, basically.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I I can relate to this feeling. Uh, what new technologists are you most excited about? Uh, you personally, perhaps not specific, not per se something that you read about, uh, fancy, trendy stuff, but what kind of feature, software, hardware would you like to have in your phone to make it more useful for you?
0: Right. I mean, definitely we talked about chat GPT. That's one of the most exciting things that just recently came out. And I'm really looking forward to the implementation and the effect that is going to have. I really think this is, like you said, it's, it's basically before the dawn of the internet. And we're just going into this wild field of endless possibilities. I think we're going into it. I'm super excited about it um so yeah like i'm really looking forward to a ai powered suggestion tool of a phone that's going to be suggesting me a lot of things along the way very smartly according to my personality or my mood that day that's going to be super relatable um about any point and just making my life easier. that's something that i'm really looking forward to um and let's see like they're they're building a really good you know absence of like replica and stuff where there's like an ai friend people are having and stuff (laughs) Right, Um, which is going to a whole generation, but like having an assistant, a real assistant, so to speak, that is AI powered, that could be immense.
1: Yeah, so I I I totally agree with you, Emery. I would predict uh, all of a sudden Siri would, you know, become significantly smarter. Uh, I think she will be delighted to get to get ChatGPT under her mind, Um, and I do hope at the same time that we're learning, we will be very cautious with externalities and make sure not only like trying to maximize the positive impact and minimize as much as possible the negative impact whichever technology has starting from the fire there's mm-hmm. always a the flip side true okay you before, let you... <laughs> before i let you i i wasn't there when the fire was invented for the record um <laughs> before i let you go help how... Can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do?
0: Yeah, um, like I'm pretty much active on LinkedIn. So any point, if you would, you know, search for my name Emre Bilgic, which is E-M-R-E-B-I-L-G-L-C. uh, you can reach out to me, add me, you know, ask any of your questions, anything that you might have related to you know both app store optimization and Apple searches, i have to answer from that. If that's not what you prefer to do, so Emre at MobileAction.co. Um, for my email address, you can reach out to me anytime that you want about anything that I do, anything that you want me to do, <laughs> or <laughs> anything that you're doing currently that you're excited about, but you want to set a second set of eyes on it. Um, again, more than happy to you know, help out, you know, reach out and talk to everyone.
1: Awesome, Emory. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show and spending time with us. Thank you.
0: Yep. Thank and you so much. Was- Great to be
1: here. Absolutely. And that was Amra Bilgich, Senior Sales Engineer at Mobile Action. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Remember, we release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you will be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on
0: over to businessofapps.com.